When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi guys, I'm Nymphia and welcome back to another watch list episode. Game Week 23 is coming thick and fast to help get our heads around it and who we should be adding to our watch list this week. I'm joined as always by my co-host and good friend Kylie. How are you doing Kylie? I'm good. Hi, Nim. Hi, everyone watching from home. Uh, glad to be doing this and, and focusing forward. I think like many, mm-hmm. I know Nim and I, we're not Bruno <laughs> owners or captainists. Some of you might no. be and might be very happy about mm-hmm. last week, but uh, plenty of us aren't and kind of want to just steam forward and forget it ever happened. Absolutely. Look ahead. Definitely. <laughs> it's often hard to look ahead, though, but we must we must do it, and, and it's, it's good for us, at least Kylie. So with this in mind, what will we be attempting to cover today? So it's pretty much back to regular business uh, this game week for game week 23. And I think the, the key thing to take note of is that there's still some potential for uh, doubles to drop in, namely we're talking about Villa here. Um, that has been the word that that could happen. I think the thing to be conscious of or, or that's, you know, going to be quite interesting is that we've never seen in fantasy football that they move a deadline forward to accommodate mm-hmm. a double game week. So that would be game week 24 if doubles dropped in. But also we're very close to the deadline now. So there's not a lot of time for it to just sort of drop into game week 23. So I, I think we could see something interesting happened there. And, and obviously the Premier League only have limited weeks in which to drop the abundance of additional <laughs> fixtures that there are. So I think as usual, we would say it's really important that you keep on top of any news that comes out following this. We're recording as at Thursday morning. So giving you all the news that we know of now, but lots can change right up to the deadline. <laughs> all right, let's delve in. And the first name making it onto our watch list is the newcomer to Aston Villa, Philip Coutinho. He's a watch list player because he only just got his first 22 minutes under his belt at Villa, but he impressed in that bench appearance. He got a goal and missed out on being awarded an assist. To say he helped change that game would be an absolute understatement. With him helping turn around a 2-0 deficit to see Villa pull it back to 2 all, where it finished. With many managers guessing the former Liverpool man would be nearer 8 million when he rejoined the Premier League, we are all a little shocked and pleasantly surprised when he weighed in at 7 million. He's just 5.4% owned at the moment, but he's already the most transferred in player. And if Villa do get that double game week, Kylie, as it's looking 
potentially likely, although we are running out of time, his ownership will continue to grow. Coutinho had a positive impact on the 4.6 million Ramsey, who we also considered for this spot. They're both looking like cheap watch list picks for some great fixtures and doubles coming up, right, Kylie? Yeah, absolutely. I think they both look good at price dependent. Obviously, Ramsey represents extraordinary value and is quite clearly the best option in that sort of 4.5 range for anyone who wants him. Um, Coutinho is... I mean, Coutinho is a bit of an interesting one. Ordinarily, mm. we wouldn't be getting too excited about someone who's played 22 minutes, right? Yeah. It's not <laughs> normally the case, but obviously we've got a long storied history with Philip Coutinho, so he's not an unknown quantity. Um, he's obviously got, as we said, limited minutes, so his XG for that 22 minutes was 0.72, mm-hmm. and he did score, so that's obviously very impressive, and an XA of 0.01. Not much at all. And obviously we remember from his time at Liverpool that he's much more of a creative player. So I think you would anticipate that that will increase once he starts to get more time under his belt. It's worth looking at his time in Liverpool because obviously that's our benchmark and his history in the Premier League. He scored 33 goals and 23 assists in the Premier League matches during that time. And it was definitely his most effective stint during his career. And I think... One of the big draws for everyone is that that sort of question of can he replicate or even improve on his success in the Premier League under his former captain, uh, Steven Gerrard. So it's not like he's coming in sort of not knowing anybody. This is someone that he would have respected while he was at Liverpool and you would hope he'd be able to get the best out of Coutinho. I think what's interesting is we've seen him arrive as many have before sort of on these loan deals um you know look at Lingard for instance when he went to West Ham Mm -hmm. absolutely lit it up Rodriguez when he joined Everton initially was incredible and then it all sort of petered out so Mm. this could be one of those cases when you have a a big name from Barcelona Liverpool etc arriving at a club that probably wouldn't have anticipated getting a Coutinho otherwise, that the dynamic can shift over time. But I, whether that happens or not, I think that he's definitely interesting in the in the short term. And I think we're going to see a significant impact from him. Villa have struggled with creativity, obviously losing Jack Grealish and, you know, the combination of players that they brought in, the chemistry hasn't really clicked for them. Yeah. But with Gerard there, things are looking promising. So, you know, I, I think that he's one that I would be tempted to just jump in and punt on. And obviously yeah. a lot of people feel the same way because he is the top transferred in player mm-hmm. at the moment. He's very popular. And I think it is that thing, a known name again. They also yeah. have really nice fixtures in the run-up to game week 28. So they've got Everton, Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, Brighton, Southampton. So that is a lovely run. As we said, potentially an immediate double game week, but even Mm. if it isn't, we know that they've got fixtures that need to be rescheduled. So he's quite exciting. And I I think a lot of people, particularly after the last two double game weeks, probably have the likes of Gray or Trossard, these kind of guys. (laughs) Yeah. They don't really really want to be keeping Mm -hmm. and he's not a significant upgrade on those. So I think it makes him very viable. Yeah, I agree. And I think 
whilst I don't necessarily think he'll be a 90 minute man you know in in his double whenever he gets it it, you know potentially if he gets it a bit further down the line he might be but if he gets it this week or even next game week I don't think he'll be a 90 minute man in both but as we have already seen you know limited minutes is enough for him to do something and that's where I'm weighing it up I suppose yeah and I think maybe a lesson for us all this season with double game weeks is they're exciting because they almost improve your chances of a single game week (laughs) if one of them gets postponed so maybe it's just improving the odds of your player playing Mm -hmm. rather than looking at it as playing twice absolutely okay so our second pick is cody of wolves wolves defense has been slipping under the radar mainly due to them having only single game week fixtures as we were just saying but i think the time has come to stop ignoring them (laughs) at your own peril if you ignore them at the moment cody comes in at 4.6 million on the cheaper side of the defensive assets what is positive for us fpl managers is that cody not also offers the potential of a clean sheet of which Wolves have been pretty prolific at this season with eight under their belt. He also offers some attacking potential with two goals to boot. One of those was against Southampton in game week 22, so really recently. Cody is not known for his assists, so expect more chance of a goal on the attack in front, as I'm sure Kylie will delve into much more in just a second. But he's just 10.2% owned, so relatively low owned, meaning if he grabbed you any attack in turn, it would be a positive. Kylie, I've been banging on about Wolves defence in my videos for several weeks now. I think many people are missing a trick on them, right? Yeah, I think so. and I, But I also think it's somewhat logical as to why that's happened right it's it's been recently quite hard to justify selection just given the fact that since game week 15 they've played Chelsea City Liverpool United though United less uh <laughs> yeah it's looked tough on paper but it actually hasn't turned out to be quite yeah so much and in fact them. they did very well there as we mm-hmm. know so <laughs> You know, but on paper, they've been difficult, as you said as well, no doubles. So in the context of the last few weeks, you know, they've really not been prioritised. But the reality is they have been ticking away. Jose Starr has been really impressive in goal. So I think that combination of things and the change in fixtures now makes them a more compelling option. And as you pointed out, look, let's be honest. Connor Cody, not the most glamorous selection, right? (laughs) I don't think anyone's going to say he is. But in terms of price and minutes, he is great value with Wolves performing because this is the definition of a 90-minute man, okay? He plays every single minute he is available for. He will not get subbed. He will not miss out. And he's 4.6. So I think on the whole, it's, it's really promising. What's quite interesting with Cody is we can see that their clean sheet potential is there, but in terms of his actual threat, as you pointed out, he doesn't have assist potential. And and, and that's not too surprising when you're talking about someone who's playing uh, as a centre-back, right? Yeah. We, we don't yeah. generally see, except for the odd assist, it's, it's really tends to be the fullbacks mm-hmm. uh, who, who get those returns. Now, his goal threat is particularly interesting. He actually scored his first ever, I believe, Premier League goal last season. He's now scored two this season. So he's a slow burner, right? <laughs> um, they, do have, they do have good fixtures. 
Brentford, Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester is quite mixed initially. Yeah. And then they've got West Ham. But then after that, the run is very green. Mm-hmm. And as proven, they are capable of getting returns in those fixtures. And I think as well because of the fact that the their fullbacks haven't really been that consistent. You know, they've not been getting the attacking returns that we expect. You know, Semedo, a constant frustration. Many of us have bought him at different times and it's it's just not delivered. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, the fact that he seems to be improving in terms of his threat may help. He's got an XG of 1.27 and an XA of 0.08 this season. Uh, now, what is interesting is that we're obviously at the halfway or a bit over the halfway point of this season now, and his XG is already higher than it was last season, which was 1.07 for the yeah. whole season. And more interestingly, in 1920, when he played literally every single minute. <laughs> literally right? every minute. <laughs> 38 games, no subs, right? He was Crazy. not subbed off at any point. And his XG was 0.0 for that season. So, you know, he's not setting the world on fire, but we can definitely see that this is improving. And I think the key thing with him that's compelling is that he's a certain price that makes it really easy for you to slot into your team. Lots still have the likes of Livermento or maybe other defenders that just aren't that compelling. And he's someone that you can bench in slightly trickier fixtures or if, say, you've got other players in your team that you'd prefer to play and you don't really feel that troubled by that decision. So he's a very solid option, I think, that can carry people through the end of the season, really. Yeah, agreed. I think solid is definitely the word with Cody. You know it getting. He's Mr. Dependable. And the fact that Wolves have added clean sheets to their game just makes him, you know, right up there for me at a 4.6 million pick. Yes, you just don't get better than that. And I would I would say that, you know, while solid doesn't feel exciting this season, <laughs> yeah. solid That's feels That's all you pretty. want. That's all you yeah, want. Let, let's... Some consistency. That's it. <laughs> Okay, our third pick is the hat-trick hero from Game Week 22, Jack Harrison. It would have been the default setting to go Rafinha here in our watch list. But as we know, he's more of a pick that you guys will likely just get in your team anyway. So that's why we've gone with Harrison for our watch list. Harrison seems to have hit a purple patch as he boasts four goals in the past two games with nice fixtures and price at just 5.5 million. He could be a nice differential at just 1.4% ownership. His attacking stats have shot straight up. He was so unlucky not to get more returns in that West Ham matchup and he looks just as likely to set up a teammate as he does to score any goals. Harrison is full of confidence and that can only be a good thing for a football player. With this in mind, he seems a great watch list player, don't you think, Kylie? Yeah, I think so. Harrison is one of those players that we've sort of looked on this season and really felt the contrast of of his performances versus last year. So Mm. last season, eight goals, 10 assists um, throughout the course of the season. Now, you know, we have to factor in that obviously he was performing better. Leeds were performing better. They had a fabulous first season and performances have dropped this season. We know that, but it's also hugely been influenced by the injury crisis that they have endured consistently throughout this season. So it's really been difficult to get that sort of rhythm together, I think. Mm -hmm. And now it feels as though 
they're coming out the back of that, hopefully, because we know that Leeds can be a really exciting side and we know that Harrison is really capable. So I think we're looking at a bit of a resurgence for both Jack, hopefully, and for Leeds as well. As you said, Rafinha will be the popular pick and he doesn't really require much explanation as to why, but Harrison is cheaper and he is a differential. So there's going to be people who look at their teams and think, you know, I actually have room for that 5.5 slot. It's quite a tricky slot at the moment. You know, people with Martinelli, for instance, are all great as well. Martinelli, you know, he he's missing fixtures over the next couple of weeks and the, otherwise the fixtures are quite tough. So it's quite thin at that price range. So mm. it might actually suit better to just go take a punt on Harrison. It feels, you know, not too much of a risk. In terms of his attacking stats, as you said, they have improved. So his XG is 2.06 this season and an XA of 1.09. Doesn't sound great, but to give you context, his average XG per match for this season is 0.1. And that's versus his average per match of the last four matches. So not last four game weeks, as we know, because obviously not everyone has played every game week. So last four matches that's 0.3. So there is an increase there. He's also averaged 2.2 attempts and 1.5 on target over the last four versus 1.4 and 0.5 per match over the course of the whole season so far. So we can definitely see an increase there. The fixtures are really nice as well. And this is one of the main reasons why I think people are going to start to look back at Leeds because they've got Newcastle, Villa, Everton, United in the next four and then their extended run up to 33 includes the likes of Norwich, Watford, Southampton, to name a few. So it, it's a good mix if they can continue to string some form together. Personally, I'm probably still leaning towards Rafinha, but if I do decide that I need that extra million or so, mm. I would happily get in Harrison because it's really quite difficult to get differentials this season, particularly ones who have had success in the Premier League in previous seasons. Yeah, agreed. And I think it's about time now that we need to start thinking about how we squeeze Salah back into our teams. So that extra million could be really helpful in being able to do that. Okay, it's that time of the episode where we're going to have a quick look at the Fancy Football Scout watch list ahead of the coming game weeks, which you can find on the first page of their website. It takes into account a player's position, their current form and fixtures. So with that in mind, what's standing out for you on this week's Scout watch list, Kylie? I don't think there's any big surprises um, or big movers this week. I mean, I, I'll be honest, seeing Ronaldo at the top gives me hives after the last week. <laughs> me too. And it, I personally, and I think that many will be feeling the same way, will be looking to sell him, particularly if you're interested in investing in the likes of KDB or planning on bringing Salah back or at least mapping out your route back to yeah. Salah. So I think that we're actually going to see a decline in sales for Ronaldo, but it's reflective of the challenges we've had as far as selecting forwards this season, that Ronaldo is seen as the top pick mm. uh, and it's also interesting to see Shaw on the defender chart you know there there has obviously been rotation in terms of the defense for United and they have not been solid despite De Gea's excellent efforts he has been really <laughs> impressive but unfortunately he can only clean up so much of the mess that's happening so I probably wouldn't rate Shaw as highly as that 
but maybe that's again because of limited options. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, no surprise to see Rafinha making it on to the list after us just discussing it, but surprising not to see so many Aston Villa players, you know, Mm. no Ramsey or Coutinho, a little higher up just yet, but maybe that'll come, you know, in the in the next game week or two. I mean, they've only really picked up in the last couple of weeks, so maybe yeah. that's why they they haven't really made it onto the watch list yet. All right, time for our watch list picks for game week twenty three, and my pick this week is going to be James Ward Prowse. He's a watch list pick for me because he has some tough fixtures in his next three, including Man City, Tottenham, and Man United. Well if you can call Man United a, a, a tough fixture. However, the, yeah. However, these might look tough on paper, but to me, only City really seems to be the stick in the mud with both Tottenham, as we say, and United being inconsistent at the back this season. It's Ward-Prowse's form that has me interested with four of those goals and both of those assists have come in the previous five games. One of those goals was against Tottenham, who he refaces again in game week 24. So in terms of a purple patch, he's in it right now. He's a nice priced midfielder at 6.3 million and is currently just 3.4% owned, making him a nice differential. His stats are amongst the highest of the watchlist players we've mentioned today, with an XG of 3.52 and an XA of 2.39. He is a great all-rounder. It feels like Ward-Prowse has one of these spells almost every season and most seasons I feel like he's overlooked during that spell. With so many double game weeks around this season, it's easy to see why. However, when you take all of this into account, his recent form and stats, he's a great watch list pick, especially with a Newcastle fixture to be rearranged. Have you thought about Ward-Prowse at all, Kylie? I haven't. He's a player that I always forget (laughs) and I think I think that's that's common you know you said Mm -hmm. he's overlooked he is overlooked uh he really pretty consistently delivers season on season and he goes he is very streaky so as you said you know when he's in a purple patch he does tend to do well and he's a really solid option who just ticks away unfortunately we're always so enamored by these sort of glamorous, exciting, yeah. <laughs> that we overlook the bread and butter. You know, yeah. he's a midfield Connor Cody, but, mm. you know, with, with goals instead of clean sheets. He is that kind of a pick. And I think if you had him and you just popped him in your team and just rode with it, yeah. you'd do really well. But he does great for my draft team. <laughs> exactly. Like he, he's probably a brilliant pick in, in draft. Yeah. Um, so I wish that I paid more attention to him because I think that there's constantly opportunities that he could do really well. Yeah. And it's he is someone that we will consistently overlook and, you know, we'd be better off if we didn't. Yeah. I mean, 6.3 million is a nice price point as well. You know, you can hop on and hop off of him when he, you know, when he inevitably falls off of this purple <laughs> purple patch again. Um, who's your watch list pick ahead of game week 23? Mine is the elusive Luca Dean, master of the roller coaster FPL experience yeah. <laughs> for his owners. I will never forget, I think it was his first season with Everton mm. and it was... Uh, Boxing Day, I believe, and he didn't start. Maybe it wasn't Boxing Day. Anyway, there was definitely uh, a match when he didn't start. He came off 
uh, off the bench and then got a red card and then, you know, went packing. And then there was yeah. another time when I benched him and he got, no, I think the boxing day time was when he got 17 points and he sat on my bench. Oh, no. Yeah. Ouch, so, that's as bad as me benching Cancelo earlier on in the season. Yeah, this is this is it. So he is capable of getting excellent returns and he can have a bit of a wobbly moment as well. But we know that he has extraordinary attacking threat. And particularly at the moment when people either haven't got any Chelsea defence or they're still offloading their Chelsea defence and that third slot feels open. You know, so you've Trent, Cancelo, who do you get? Luca Dean now at Villa, who are starting to really build something together, looks quite compelling. I mean, he was he's coming from a really a struggling Everton side who were looking pretty dire. So yeah. I think even though Villa have still been conceding goals, we're starting to see that they're in the top half of the table for defensive metrics. So things like big chances conceded, attempts conceded, you know, they're, they're really starting to improve in, in that respect. And I think that clean sheets will come. Interestingly with him, he has no attacking returns this season, none at all, which is not a situation we'd see because actually he's scored four goals and has 22 assists during his time at yeah. Everton. So I think that's something that we'll really significantly see change. And I think that he is going to open the floodgates there and start to get some returns. If you actually just look at his heat map for his debut for Villa, I mean, he was camped out in the opposition half and really spending a lot of time around the box, as we know, he can take set pieces. There's a lot in his locker that, yeah. that can be really good. And, you know, for that match, unsurprisingly, he put in the most crosses and he had the third most uh, penalty box touches. So mm. these are all really good metrics for one game. I know it's only one game, but again, he's not a complete newbie to the Premier League. So you sort of know what you're getting and he's just slid right in. He has yeah. an XA of 1.34 for the season and an XG of 0.51. He's obviously not returned on those, as we said. But again, I think that those numbers will start to increase during his time at Villa. And during the Coutinho section, we covered off what their fixtures are like. They're really, really strong, maybe some doubles. So I think anybody who has that third slot available at 5 million, he's, he's a really easy shout. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people looking potentially now to move on some of their Chelsea defensive assets, especially with some blank game weeks ahead. So, you know, Dina could definitely be one for the watch list for a replacement for one of those. Yeah, and he's definitely on my watch list, that's for sure. Well, he might that... even be straight into my team, to be honest. <laughs> oh, nice. I love it. Just going straight in there. Maybe. <laughs> straight in there. Maybe. Might all depend on the double, eh? Yes. <laughs> well that's it best of luck for the up and coming game week i hope you all smash it before you go here's kylie with some admin to wrap us up so leave us a comment guys with the players that you're adding to your watch list and please of course like and subscribe if you enjoyed the show you can find links to my content and nims below and we're wishing you the very best of luck and we'll see you next time